I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. G'day and welcome to this week's segment of Farm Yarns where we dive behind the audio to find out who inspires our guests, what motivates them, what they would like to debunk, and also what resources they lean on to get the most out of their agri-business. So let's get down to it, Farm Yarns. Well, Simon, we had you on the podcast earlier on the week t- telling everything about ag tech data driving your own productivity on your own farm. Um, it's really great to see about more about your own operation agribusiness and see how it works but the audience love to hear who's behind the audio who drives them what their resources are they rely on and a little bit about their routine um, and what they think about the industry going forward so simon welcome to farm yarns thank you very much jack looking forward to it beautiful mate so let's kick it off what's your morning routine up there in new england uh, mate, well, three mornings a week, I, I'm a swimmer. I love um, getting up and swimming. So I'll, and I live uh, about 40 minutes out of Armadale. So I'll get up at uh, about a quarter to five in the morning. I go drive to Armadale and I swim with a group, an adult swim squad. And we do between two and three Ks uh, in an hour. And um, that's, I, I look forward to it every off day. When I'm not doing it, I can't wait till tomorrow when I can get back into the pool. So I can sort of do that three mornings a week, be back out on the farm by 8 or 9am and um, and ready to go. Keeps me fit, keeps me healthy. And, and I do it as a bit of sport on the weekend. We go away and um, we compete in ocean swims and things like that for fun. So um, yeah. that is that that that's sort of what I uh, that's what I, I most look forward to in the mornings. You go to sport U and E or the local? No, we go to the 
the town pool yep. during the warmer months, and then when that closes down over winter, we go to the um, indoor pool at the Armadale School at Taz. Oh, yeah, true, true. Um, you yeah. Know, I thought you might have cracked the dam open at home and swam in. Well, mate, funny story. During COVID, when all the pools were shut and everybody wanted to keep swimming, we um, we did hit the dams, and it became less about the the distance we swam and more about our cold water tolerance. And um, it actually was a whole different experience and something that we've kept on with since COVID, uh, where we're now all looking at doing these sort of ice mile events where you've got to swim a mile in water that's five degrees or under. Um, we're going to have to go down to Threadbow or Lake Krakenback or somewhere yeah. to achieve that. But um yeah, so it has – we do – every now and then we do get in the dams. Uh, right at the moment, the dam sitting outside Armadale is about 7.7 .7 degrees in the water. So it's a um, it's only about a 15-minute swim, but it's a it's a pretty exhilarating experience. It'd be nice and warm for you. You'd be used to it in the New England area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've never appreciated a, um, a hot shower as much. Definitely not. That's why I enjoy like these farm yarns because on the other episode, who would have thought that you're up in the crack of the dawn swimming in the morning and even cracking out, open your own dam. Great stuff. Yeah, mate. And there's a group of farmers, uh, the, the swim squad that we're, we're a part of is, is sort of farmers, uh, doctors, solicitors, nurses, you know, that's a, it's a pretty um, broad cross section of the community that are all part of it. Yeah. And a great way to all get together. Um, and in some realms you might not have before, especially with the nurses and doctors speaking with the farmers, maybe you might get a checkup or two a bit more often. Good stuff. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, prescriptions get issued out in the <laughs> car park. Yep. <laughs> yep. Great stuff. I think we'll have to move on from that one, but for yourself, Sorry. who inspired you, um, maybe professionally and also personally, who's that person for you or, you can leave it down to a group. Yeah, mate, look, I'm, I'm going to um, leave it as a group and probably say uh, my peers, some of my peers that I've um, been through university with and have now had a, you know, approaching a 30-year career in, in agriculture that we've been going through together. Um, and, and I'm, yeah, I would say that they are, the people who inspire me to keep going and I guess we hopefully we inspire each other. Um, we're all in different parts of the country or the state, yep. um, but we're, we're in touch and we catch up a couple of times a year uh, informally. And it's a, um, it's a fantastic networking thing. Um, and just to hear what people are doing, how they're doing it differently to the way you might've done it. And that's um, yeah. That's what keeps me inspired. I really look forward to those sort of catch-ups as well. Yeah, definitely a bit of healthy competition. And actually, that was how the Farms Advice was born. Before it was a podcast, it was a Facebook group. Um, and I was just trying to catch up with those after we left UNE. Um, most of mine were cropping. We yeah. sucked at cropping, so I wanted to pick their brains or just even see what they're doing in pictures, videos, or whatever. So it was a great way um, to do that as well. Yeah. I think it's awesome. It's the best way to uh, to learn, to go and see what other people are doing and just get out of your own sandbox for a while, get a different, get a bit of perspective on your, on your own operation. 
Yeah, precisely. And for yourself, in 60 seconds, tell me your first memory on farm. It may have been your own or someone else's. Mate, the first memory I have on farm, having grown up on this farm, uh, was actually trying to... uh, was it ended up with me needing to go get stitches in my in my forehead, um, where I was walking up between two horses as I can't remember how old I was. Horses tied to a fence, feeding them at the end of the day, and um, a young pony that I I think I might have been riding that day. Um, obviously got spooked, and as I'm walking up behind it, it's just let fly and. Um, clocked me right in the forehead and uh, I've woken up on the ground sometime later and parents are around me and um, yeah, just a big gash in my head. That's, um, that's lucky. That's one of my earliest memories. Yeah, right. Probably one of the scariest um, on-farm memories we've had for the podcast, but yeah, definitely <laughs> a bit of a scary one for the parents, I'd imagine. Uh, yes. Yeah. I reckon it would have been, um, although their parenting technique was pretty free range compared to ours these days. I I could imagine, but for yourself in farming, there's a lot of myths out there, but what is one for yourself that you'd like to debunk? Uh, mate, that's a, that's a tough one. Can relate it to your own operation. Maybe it's ag tech or the cattle industry, New England? Yeah, well, I would suggest there's a perception perhaps that's held in um, in the cities and the more sort of metropolitan parts that, that farmers um, don't really look after their asset, look after their land, you know. Whenever there's a, whenever there's a drought, they roll out these sort of, poor farmers who have got sheep dying in a dam or whatever. And that, that is just not the, that is just not the reality. Is it like farmers are so passionate about looking after their asset um, because it's their livelihood and they, everyone needs to do it. So I guess if I'm, there's a, I reckon there's a bit of a city country divide that I, um, that I think still needs to be addressed and closed a little bit more of what actually goes on on a farm versus what the perception of what goes on a farm goes on on a farm is in the city. Yeah, I think so. And media seems to sort of just report back on the crisis and not in the good years, the medium years and the bad years for drought more. So you get a lot of media hype around those sort of areas and hopefully this podcast can sort of, add that consistency in when we are having the good years and showing our voice. Um, but as a podcast, I've actually tried to focus on our internals and that will actually impact what the externals will see looking in. So hopefully that goes a long way as well. Yeah, cool. And I appreciate that there's a lot of sensationalism and that, you know, that generalization that I just made just certainly does not apply to everyone, but there's, you know, there's still um, ground to make up there, I reckon. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and moving on into the next one, if you could change one thing about Australian agriculture, what would it be? Uh, it would possibly be that, I guess, to with the 80% of the population, you know, living within 
whatever distance of the east coast of Australia um, probably doesn't have a um, an accurate perception of what what goes on on the rest of the country and how how farming is actually carried out. It's a it's a high stakes business um, that that farmers are living every day of the week. And um, I think there's probably still a bit of a perception that it's just a lifestyle, you know, you guys live out there and you drive your tractors and you ride a horse and uh, it's a massive, it's big business. It's big business. And the decisions are being made for millions of dollars every day. And um, I don't think that's fully appreciated in the metropolitan um, metropolitan Australia. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, but before we had a little bit of a snippet as well, how can we best share expertise on land care to the next generation? Would you play that out as getting a mentor or talking to your children or others as if you're passing on this information? Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good start. Getting a mentor, but also experiencing firsthand. Yep. Um, and and it's a it's probably uh, it's probably something that you wouldn't wish on anyone. But once you go through a drought as severe as you know the twenty nineteen one was for us, yep. you get a real appreciation for um, what it means to look after your land and to have that um, I guess that filter that you look at things through, um, caring for your land and and land care in general. So that experience. Um, will definitely um, help people appreciate, but also having the having the mentor and and being able to experience things firsthand are, the, are probably the two two key ways that I would suggest um, communicating that message. Yeah, great one, and also much needed within the Australian agriculture industry to see how we can better look after our land as well. For yourself, a bit of a tongue twister. If you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? Yeah, good question, mate. I think I would probably be uh, doing something where I'm involved with dealing with people. I've always been um, more of a people person than a than a sort of a a science brain, I guess. Um, so. What that would be is anyone's guess. I'd love to think that I'd be running my own business, uh, perhaps have gone into business with a friend, um, which was on the cards briefly before I came home. Um, so I, that was that was a bit. That's a bit of a sliding doors moment. Could have ended up starting a completely different business, um, but being involved with people. I guess it was like an events management business we were looking at. Yep, uh, beautiful, and it's good to see like. You're bringing that across into agriculture, though, as well. You haven't let that go um, with the way that you came across on the podcast earlier on in the week. Um, so it's great to see that you have brought that across your interests um, within your sliding door moment. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Well, I will be encouraging my children to do the same thing. Yep. Get out, have a see the world, have a different um, experience altogether before you think about coming back into this business. Yeah. yeah, I think seeing the world is probably one of the best things you can do as a young person just to get some experience. If not, bring it back. And if you find something, good luck with it and chase it. Yeah, I, I think I saw a great 
play, I'll probably butcher it, but it was something like, you know, travel is the cure for ignorance. Yep. And um, uh, it's, yeah, never a true word spoken. No, certainly nailed that quote. But for yourself, what sort of resources do you learn from um, that others out there may not have heard of or is it quite mainstream? What's your go-to? Uh, mate, probably most of my stuff would be reasonably mainstream as far as uh, emails that land in my inbox or yep. websites that I look up for information. Um, I, I like to, you know, rely on the government agencies, LLS, things like that, Department of Primary Industries for um, their expertise. And, uh, but aside from that, it is um my peers i reckon when you've been in the when you've been in the game for long enough everybody's um probably experienced the problem that you're going through and um whatever that may be or you know say um the, the peers are a fantastic resource and i just coming through your episodes as well for yourself, are you a bookworm, any book recommendations um, for any farmers out there looking to get headfirst into a book? Mate, I tend to uh, fall asleep a bit when my head hits the pillow these days. Uh, I think it's a stage of life I'm going through with, um, with children and, and um, running the business. But um, I do love that book. Uh, is it dirt to soil? I can't even remember now. I'm going to butcher that. I haven't read it for a while. If it isn't, um, I'll look it up and I'll chuck yeah, it. Yeah, no. Gabe Brown. Yep. Gabe Brown, who's, who's an American sort of regenerative farmer guy, um, who's, you know, he's just so passionate about what he does. Like, you don't necessarily have to subscribe to all the theories that he's um, spruiking. And, you know, regen farming's not for everyone. But uh, the passion that he has for what he does um, comes across and, and you can't help but be inspired by that. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll put that one in the show notes for sure. Um, but one of the most interesting questions we get is, and for yourself to ask it as well, what question would you like to ask the, the next guest? <laughs> um, knowing their background or who they are. Well, I guess that's probably a good one. Are, are you are you passionate about what you do? How did you how did you uh, land on the path that you're on? I don't know. I like to yeah, I like to just find out about people's backgrounds and and where that's um, how they've how they've ended up where they are based on that because everybody's got. I find my story pretty boring. Everyone else's story is pretty interesting compared to mine. Yeah, I think that's the same case for everyone looking in and looking out as well. But for the question before is, why do you do what you do um, from the last guest? Why do you do what you do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what the last guest asked me. Sorry. Yeah. Without knowing who Simon um, was or if he was coming on. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I see. Um, mate, I do what I do because... I enjoy uh, where I live. I enjoy the the environment. I enjoy the um, the this area where I live, and so I feel very fortunate to be able to run a business in this part of the world. 
I love um, the fact that we are a, just a short hop to the coast and everything that you know the ocean has to offer. We've we're in a, a pretty um, reliable, safe part of the world, and it's a fantastic lifestyle for us to raise our family. So, um, yeah, I, th I think I'm pretty lucky in that regard. Beautiful. Well, from crack of dawn, swimming in the morning to debunking one of the myths for farming for yourself, thank you very much for coming on to Farm Yarn, Simon, and getting to know a bit more about you. I think it's pretty it's a great thing to be able to do. And I don't think there's too many other avenues that are allowing this as well. So it's great. Thanks mate. I appreciate the opportunity and um, yeah, good luck with it. Thank you for tuning in to the farms advice podcast. It is produced by advert your eyes digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the farm's advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farm's Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.